Welcome to the Gridiron Icon Podcast, where we visit with legends of the game. Touchdown, touchdown. Including players and coaches from the NFL, college football, and beyond. And now, fresh off the end of the bench, Stacy Bauman and NFL legend Preston Denard. All right, welcome back to Gridiron Icon, the podcast. I am joined by my friend and co-host, NFL legend Preston Denard. It is so good to see you, my friend. How were the holidays? Holidays were outstanding, but you know I always got to start with our signature intro to give you a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our own fan base. We do, we do. It's it's, it's piped in. Everybody's hollering about the, the 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 stadiums pumping in the booze and all that. We got our own. Antics. Darn right, we do. <laughs> and I'll tell all you, right. it's uh, it's good to see you. We've we've taken a you know a couple of weeks to spend time with our families and whatnot. And what an amazing 2022 for Gridiron Icon. It yeah. started out. As a little pet project, I ended up meeting you, which was, look, it's ridiculous at this point, but was really a lifelong dream as someone that I looked up to as a fan, and then to end up becoming partners on this little thing and just really enjoying all the friends and peers that you've brought into this. So as I start 2023, I want to say thank you to my co-host and now friend, you, Mr. 88. Mr. Denard. So excited. So excited. You're going to make sure my headphones got me balanced. You, know? you look good. You look good. I, I wasn't even going to mention the fact that you uh, you popped back into our lives this year clean shaven. I, you know, I entered 2023 clean shaven. I got rid of all the old stuff. And so, you know, it's always the ability to grow the new. <laughs> all too easy. Was that, uh, was that the Mrs. request? That was like... nobody's request. That, that's just me. Alpha <laughs> but, you dog. Know, I really do like this. Yeah. But boy, when COVID hit and I was at home for a while and all of a sudden hair started growing on my face, I went, whoa. You know, and I couldn't believe that. So anyway, I just let it go one day because one of the old ladies at church said, you should keep that. That is good oh. on you. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I'll take the compliment. We'll go yeah. with that. That is really funny. I, I got to tell you, I hate it because you just look younger. Oh. I mean, nobody's going to run into us too and think, oh, Preston Denard's a little bit older than that guy. <laughs> You're not going to think that. And it's, oh, oh. man. When I they see that. me move and they see me do what my dad used to do. Oh, oh, oh. oh. yeah, they'll know. <laughs> <laughs> You spent a few years in the NFL. I, I think everybody's going to cut you some slack on that. Yeah, on that yeah. <laughs> well, hey, great to see you. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited for 2023. We're going to spend a little bit of time here. at it, It's our semi-end-of-the-year show, beginning of a new era, 2023 show. And I got to tell you, I we talked a little bit off the air um, as friends. And I think we'd be really remiss if we didn't start out with sending our prayers Yes. And our love and our energy to Damar Hamlin, who is in Cincinnati as we uh, record this podcast. And I tell you, I, I've been wanting to talk to you since it happened because you have to have a unique perspective on this as a former player. Can you just kind of share with us like how this has impacted you and, and the thoughts and emotions going through when you well, see this? I, yeah, I, I certainly can. And one of the things, Stacy, that I've been I've been fighting not to watch a lot of talk shows and to listen to the different varied opinions that are out there because you don't understand this unless you've been a part of this. I just have to point blank say that. I mean, it's one thing to see. It's one thing to come up with your own assessments, one thing, but there's no fan that can truly identify emotionally, personally, mentally what took place the other night on that football field. And I can tell you how powerful that brotherhood is and watching young men play the sport that you played and survived it. And I'll use that term survived it. Um, It's tough. 
As a matter of fact, while they were going back and forth with their pauses, I was in tears. I literally was crying like a baby because every one of the concerns and the thoughts and that everybody seems to come up with, we automatically start feeling those things. So to give you a personal perspective, that hurt because the beauty of the game is not injuries, but it is a byproduct of the play, the aggressiveness. And one of the things that all young men and maybe young ladies, but all young men, even in high school, they desire to play in NFL. They desire to do this. They desire to be a part of that professional genre. I'm going to go do this because I'm going to be on TV one day. And that can be a desire of a young man, but not one time through that journey of them playing youth ball and going to high school and going on to college, getting that scholarship or an ability to, to walk on a campus and play for someone, and then having the blessed opportunity to be one of the fine few that make it to the big leagues, not one time do we ever think about such a dramatic and traumatic scenario as what we witness with DeMar. And of course, like you said, our hearts go out to him. You, it, nothing else is more important. I've heard all the arguments from why are they not playing the games or why are they thinking about canceling or why are they thinking about backing up the playoffs or they should do this, they should do that. I can tell you, if you're not in those shoes, you have no idea how tough this thing is. And it's emotionally tough because it's a part of the game that is the ugliest part of the game. I can deal with attitudes. I can deal with ugly play. And I can also deal with young men playing the game that don't respect it the way maybe I used to and some of the guys I played with. Those are all common points. But when it comes down at this point, it doesn't matter if he's an opponent, a teammate, it doesn't matter if he's someone I don't like his play or whatever it might be. This takes precedence because it's a human being's life. And nothing in the game of sports requires us to make a decision about how to move on. Because honestly, we know how to move on. The key is making sure there's a young man that is able to get through this. And every ounce of energy is directed toward him. So it's difficult. What's even more difficult, Stacy, is a lot of the opinions. And, and I have to admit, most of them have been from commentators and those who host shows and so on. Everybody's got their opinion about what they think should be happening or how they feel about some of the decisions or lack thereof that have been made or not been made. So everybody's impatient about it. They want to know, they want to know, they want to know. I say, take time out. There's a young man laying in a bed in a hospital who thank God is at a 50% level of breathing on his own. Yeah. Um, so thank God for that. Oh my gosh. And yep. I know prayers are out there, but I'm going to make a comment and it's a challenging comment, but we're dealing with the reality of this. And nobody else will be affected by what someone else says until you truly open their eyes. You can bet there is not a concern today about racism. Mm. There's not a concern today about whose team is that team and your favorite team. There's not a concern today at this very hour, even about who your favorite players are because of this situation. And the reason I say that is because this is the ugliest part of the game and it is dynamic. It is the one thing that will stop you in your tracks. And I've seen a lot of it. I've seen the broken legs. I've seen the dis disfigured uh, limbs. I've seen guys get knocked out. Um, I've been knocked out in a game um, and, and don't remember it for a whole half. Can you imagine wow. if you think back no. on something like that? And that's nothing near to what we're experiencing today with DeMar. This is something 
that has never been known during a sporting contest. Yeah. Never been. I've known of a couple of high schoolers over the past years that were injured and went to the hospital and later, days later, did not survive. I do recall that. I also recall, uh, I forget the baseball pitcher. Maybe he was a Tampa Bay pitcher. Remember that boating accident? Oh, yeah. Yes. Where they hit the dock. Yes. Yes. There's, you know, we, there are life challenges that face us that, you know, sometimes we're in that moment we just can't control. But this was an environment of control. This was an environment where a young man was doing what he knew how to do at the best level, who made it because of his skill set and because of a weird freak scenario and how he was hit, traumatized his body. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, I know everybody today is, is not feeling well, but I've heard some comments that are just ridiculous. And, and some of the stance out there by certain individuals on certain shows, too, as well. I commend them for taking that stand because there's nothing about the game that is important right now today. I'm not concerned about the playoffs. I'm not concerned about one win here, one loss there. Let's start it because that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight is, Mm -hmm. you know, the playoff scenario and, and, and at the college level. Let's let these teams put them all in. Okay, let's go play ball. Somebody has the best record. Give them a bye week. Yep. That is the least of my concern. A playoff is going to be played. Yeah. But right now, again, I say time out with life, time out with the work. I mean, I didn't even go to work yesterday in <laughs> my other oh, job wow. because I was just so, oh, it, it was just difficult. So to, to, to kind of wrap up this thought, it personally hurt me because hmm. I'm part of that brotherhood. Yep. I come from that. And one of the biggest things, and I guess the only way to characterize this, and, and this is not a, a, a slight or a put down on the fans, but education and knowledge and wisdom is very important. And the first year I was retired, my agent took me to a game in the Coliseum, and we actually sat in the stands. I've never sat in the stands since, but I sat in the wow. stands for the first time at an NFL game. I wanted to leave because the fans are truly yeah. not in two. Yeah. The things they were arguing about was not even related to the play. Uh, their argument is just generally a color scheme. It's either green and gold or it's blue and red or, <laughs> or it's black and silver or, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's no real true basis to what we know on the field. And there's a respect on the field and guys are concerned but when you play the game, we don't know it any other way than 100% full speed all out. Yeah. Because if you don't, there's some coach standing back there saying, okay, you're not putting out like I want you to. Get on the bench. And then all of a sudden you're released. Then all of a sudden you get blackballed. And then all these things. Yeah. A lot of folks don't think about this. And, and the last thing is I heard a podcast. I started hearing it briefly. I don't even know who it was or whatever it was. But the gentleman made some strong points. He went beyond what happened the other night. He went beyond what's going on in the media. He went beyond um, everybody's opinions about what should happen, what shouldn't happen, what do. Can you imagine? You may not like Goodell, but he's got a hell of a job in front of him. This is not easy because life is far greater and more important than this daggone game of football. And I thank God I survived it eight years. I thank God I walked away with the ache and pains that I do have, the arthritis I have in my back. Uh, I thank God that I'm able to maybe look a little younger than I actually am. You do. (laughs) Uh, but, But I feel for this young man. Yeah, I feel for him so greatly because... The game's not supposed to do that to us. But I back up and say, it's a dangerous game. Yeah. It's 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 no more dangerous than hockey, you know. And then right. other sports, you got freak accidents, you just never know. But it's not commonplace. But when it does happen, it makes us sit up and go, Oh, let me think deeper about this. Because yeah. you may find yourself having a better and a greater affinity of these guys. Even though some of them might be a little off at times, yeah. but you have to understand the desire in that heart. You have to understand why they do it. Because when you sit at the negotiating table or you go sign your first contract or you're sitting in front of that head coach talking about your future, not one time do they talk about 
the devastation of an injury. Oh. Not one time do they talk about what if. You would hope that it's in place. You would hope that the collective bargaining agreement represents that. And it's part of the greatest fight that's been going on, taking care of the players in the game. Some fans may not understand that. They may oh. think, oh, you already make a lot of money. You already do this. But this is why we need to take care of these young men. Yep. This is why you want to take care of them. There should be no question that the NFL, that the game that he got injured in does not help him. If the league doesn't figure out how to support him the rest of his life, and there are some some checks in place. You know, the collective bargaining agreement, this last one, is a whole lot better than it used to be. And they've contributed. But, you know, there's limitations on everything. The disability, I heard that was a big argument. Um, disability, you have up until a certain time to file for disability or you're out of it. Yeah. I've never seen that. Never seen it. And so these are the things that people don't understand that that young man is facing. You know, Social Security, uh, the ability to provide for his family. He may not yeah. have the strength. I pray to God that he is able to have everything he had before that and to continue yep. on. And whether he decides to play ball again or continue to play is truly up to him and his family. But that's my take on it, my friend. I just um, it's it's heart wrenching. Um, and then the final point I'll make is I've been on tech streams with uh, former players. I mean, a ton. My phone's been blowing up. I imagine. And, and you can imagine if we were all in a community in a restaurant or a ball, a hall or a restaurant or a hotel lobby, the place would be packed with all the emotions that these guys have been sharing. And everybody's been praying for this young man. Oh, man. I, first and foremost, you crossed my mind almost immediately as my friend and a former player. And I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that with the fans because there's so much a fan who's never stood on an NFL field can remotely comprehend it is the most beautiful of games to bring 11 personalities mm -hmm. together on both sides of the ball with different parents different colors different religious mm -hmm. beliefs, mm -hmm. and to watch them come together to do something but it's a dangerous game i appreciate <laughs> you sharing that the emotions i've been emotional and i'm just a fan <laughs> i immediately thought of you and thought preston's my friend i watched him took it for granted as a mm -hmm. fan you played in an era when protection was monumentally less, mm -hmm. monumentally from the helmets and the equipment to what defenders could do to you. Mm -hmm. And you've got boys who've played these sports. And I couldn't help but think of you in that moment and just thought the players, I love that you say the players, all our guests, I'm sure, are reaching mm -hmm. out to you. And incredible. I mean, this yeah. is really, and, and I learned that the NFL players, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think the fans would love this on the show. I learned that you guys only have guaranteed health insurance for five years <laughs> after leaving this game. Is that, uh, something must be done. If nothing more, I want to call out awareness to it. Mm -hmm. That's disturbing. Yeah, a lot of folks don't realize the challenges that are within the game from uh, the office standpoint and from, um, uh, you know, the battle between the players union and, and the league owners itself. I won't even get into that. Yeah, I'll just say this. I thank God that this last collective bargaining agreement was so much better for us retired guys, that guys can be a little bit more comfortable um, I'm now of the age of qualification for Medicare. So <laughs> I've had a year of bliss in Medicare that fortunately the league takes care of. That's Good. a blessing. And it's right. It wasn't there, you know, five, six years ago. I don't know how long, I think we're in our sixth year of this contract, seventh year, but until this contract, we would have never seen that. Oh. And then they, they upped our retirement, um, on this agreement. So there has been some improvement, but just Think of the Rosie Greers and all oh. the old guys that, you know, they were getting chump change and they were real warriors back then. They were just brute, just strength and brawn. And, um, you know, everybody says the game has changed. Well, the game hadn't really changed, just the players and the names and maybe some schemes, but the game is still the same. Oh. And then I'll say this too. 
with you bringing that up and I appreciate your comments and, and, and your care and concern, but I have to be honest when that happened, the, the day later, I said to myself, thank God, all my boys are done with football. I really did say that. And I got a 16 year old still here that is one of my better athletes and out of my five boys. And I'm not talking to him about football anymore. Now, yeah, is that it. respectful to the, the, the body of guys that I played with? Is that respectful to the guys that are on the game today? Is that even respectful in the likeness of what just happened? No, it's a reality check. Yeah. It's one that, you know, it's one thing to sit in front of a TV, have food in front of you, drink your favorite beverage, watch this game on a big screen and yell and cheer unabated by any officials or anybody. Hey, you can't do that. There's a flag. You can't say that about that player. There's a flag on that. They don't have that at home in front of the big TV. And so when you don't have the perspective, again, I go back to being on that field. I, I don't understand the game outside of being off the field. All my boys played. I was on the so, sideline. It's so you, you know, it's, yeah. it's so different because what you see and hear is far more aggressive and, I mean, tough to be on that sideline. Because if you really want to hear some hits, be on the field. Oh, and you will ask yourself several times, I don't know how he got up. But these guys are warriors. They've been trained. They've been developed. They've been designed to do this very game. And you could easily say, uh, well, you could have done this. You could have done that. You can't. We don't know how to play the game any different. No. We don't know how to play it. And, and then this other point is this. When you think about the players and what they put into this, it's no longer just a seasonal kind of thing. They do this 365 days a year. They may take two or three days to celebrate if you want a Super Bowl, celebrate if you want a playoff game or a championship, or you get beaten, you go home, spend a little time with the family, you're back training and working out. And I've talked to several former players, and not one has seen this devastation. And so it's wonderful if you only had a – a scope of just former players that have played this game, I can assure you 99% of them are saying prayers for this young man, feeling for him, their heart is broke for him. Um, This is not what the game is to us. Right. No, I Preston, this is amazing. Thank you. I, this was unscripted me just asking you as a friend and that was remarkable. I too, uh, my son, myself, we were just high school wannabe mm-hmm. players. We never did anything. Both of us suffered concussions. Mm-hmm. Um, today, would I let my son do it? No, eh, that's no. the truth. And I'll tell you the most humbling day I ever had, then we'll move into more lighthearted stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm really, what you just said impacted me because I, at one point in about 2001, I had a crisis of conscience in that mm. I went to a Rams Giants game in the old Meadowlands and I was on the sideline. Preston, I left there kind of sick to my stomach. Mm. Being that close to an NFL action and game and Mm -hmm. seeing my favorite players' faces Mm -hmm. and listening to the impact of grown men hitting each other Mm -hmm. and watching it, the speed of the game, none of that comes through the television set. I've been watching it my whole life. That day, I walked away and I felt kind of bad. Like, those that is the most violent, unbelievable impact from just human bodies I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. I walked away with this respect, like I'm a nobody, but what can we do to create awareness for these players that we enjoy, we root for that just like our military, just like other folks that serve mm-hmm. us. I'm not comparing them folks. I'm not comparing mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. but serve us. Why are they not on pension programs that take care of them? Yeah. Yeah. This is, so probably a subject for a show down the road with us, but thanks for the vulnerability. Uh, all of our prayer, I speak, I don't want to speak for you, but for us at this little podcast, Tamar Hamlin's family, we yes. are praying and every fiber of our being is yes. with you in Cincinnati. Young man, you're 24. Please, please oh. keep fighting. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is just a game. You're a good person. So good stuff, my friend. Thank you. Okay. As best, as best as we can do here, folks, this week, we're going to (laughs) shift to some other football stuff, which seems so unimportant, but we still do love a beautiful game that brings people together. So let's talk a little bit about the the last few weeks that we haven't been hanging out together. Uh, college fo- college football was incredible oh, on that yeah. Saturday. Was that not I outstanding? Mean, uh, I mean, those games, watching those quarterbacks, uh, Bryce and CJ Stroud mm-hmm. and the, the kid from TCU, the overachiever who won't let his team lose the, the way the kid from Michigan yeah. gave it everything he had after a couple mistakes everything that makes this game so great and a metaphor for life. <laughs> what did you see though? When you come out of this playoff situation, what's your take? You and I have never talked about this, right? What, what's your take on the playoff situation, college football as a whole, after watching this whole thing from day one, I've always said there should be eight teams ah. from day one. Okay. And let me tell you why. Here's my theory on this. Probably not a great theory, but it just makes common sense. The one thing that each and every administrator at a university, the folks that are on these bowl committees and the NCAA and the championship folks that schedule all these things. One of the things that's a big troubling deal is the money involved in this, because you talk about these big conferences that want to bring all the best teams together and shore up all the money. And you've got great players that play all over the place. How do you think the unnamed guys or unrecognized names are making it to the NFL? Because they're going to find these kids. But the the bottom line is on the 18 playoffs. This year, I thought, was the greatest argument to have an 18 playoff. Because Alabama feels they should be in the playoffs. All these other teams that were close, right there, nipping at the bud the Clemsons, so all of these, they should have been in the playoffs. Let them play each other because what I know about playoffs, and I assume it's going to be the same way at the college level, is that's a different play of the game. You approach it totally different than you've ever done before in the season. And so if you can raise your level of play to the next level, then you're at the championship level. You're at the playoff level, and you can compete with these other teams. You just saw TCU go in there, and folks didn't think they were strong. I've been watching them all year. That's sort of my dark horse. Oh, uh, and okay. I normally I normally don't do that. I just like to sit back and watch the games, watch people play, and I watch it a little different. But the eight team gives the ability of – other teams that truly can make a difference in the playoff structure, the underdog, the surprise team, the one that's very talented but never recognized it. Um, And then you got your true front runners who are always going to be there. But you got to open that window. You got to open up the markets. You got to bring the West Coast, the Midwest, the South. You got to bring all of them together to represent. If it's a regional deal, it's a regional thing. Why do you think the NCAA basketball tournament is so outstanding and so great? And you see the teams that um, uh, are conference champions from the small standardized conferences, and they get in that tournament and they just rock and roll, rock and roll. And so sometimes you have a big run. But the thing about the eight team, you got this four-team playoff right now, and all of a sudden you jump into the championship game. Well, there's probably two teams that are not in this thing that probably could have beat a couple of teams that's in this four-team deal. But because of the political setting of the the the, the, um, uh, the one-loss records, kind of ousted some folks. You know, the SCs could have been in it. You, you know what? I, yeah. I guarantee you, if SC was in this in that Ooh. playoff structure – Somebody would be upset because they got a talented team. Yeah. You know, they played in a they played a great bowl game. And then you look at some of the other teams that played in bowl games, they, they should have been there too. But I do advocate it's a balanced system. It's more revenue generated. If it's another week to play football, it's another week to play football. I, who's gonna complain about that? Who's gonna complain? Somebody's gonna sponsor it. The, yeah. the chick the Chick-fil-A's of the world. Somebody's gonna find a way to Get a ball. I love that an eighteen format, and I, you're right. I mean, there seems to 
it goes without saying mm-hmm. uh, the East Coast, West Coast bias. We're not getting really, I mean, Caleb Williams at USC yeah. is incredible. Let's incredible. get him on a big stage and see what happens. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I agree with you. I love that format, eight teams. You know, you you mentioned the financial piece of this, which is always mm-hmm. controversial, right? You've got college right. athletes, amateur athletes coming in here, and uh, the schools are making gazillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? You and I have never discussed this, actually. What are you thinking about this NIL, some of these sponsorship and these financial? I mean, as a guy in the 70s, University of New Mexico, I'm guessing you didn't have these opportunities what do you Not think a, of this now as we start 2023? What are these guys, should they be getting it? Does it play a hand in expanding that playoff field? And should they still be considered amateurs and get an education? What do you think of all this? Okay, I'm going to answer that okay. question. And then I'm going to give you what I thought should have happened. So my response to that is basically, I don't fight the opportunity for a young man to make money. I think he should go make money, go do what he wants to do. But what I find now, there's a disparity and there's no longer, well, there potentially is no longer that connection of the players. Now you've separated those players in the locker room a little bit. Some guys are smart enough to incorporate their teammates in this success financially, um, which I I think Bryce was one and I heard of a couple other guys that just included other guys in there. And, and their ability to make money as well. Uh, and he did that for his teammates. I think that's ideal. Not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody can do that. Here's the other thing, too. Some of these uh, marketers and some of these companies that are coming in and they're recruiting these guys, you know, they're recruiting these guys and showing maybe a little ability of them on the field, but they also have his teammates on there, too, that they're not benefiting as well. And so I don't care if it's a two or three second cut and you got me running across the field behind Caleb Williams or whatever, but you've got a lot of that disparity. And so here's what I thought they should have done. And, and, and I guess to laminate what I'm saying is I don't fight the ability for these kids to have this, but now you got these entities that are recruiting kids. Now they're disrupting the flow and going after their parents and saying, Hey, we could probably get your son six figures if he would just, or we could probably do this, do this. Guys are just not focused on developing their game anymore. Guys are not, I mean, it could potentially go that way, but let me tell you what I thought they should have, should have done. I always thought that a young man that went to college and he went four years, completed his eligibility and maybe graduate graduated from there, but I'm not going to hold it to them because they have a fifth year that they can come back and graduate. But if they completed your program within four years or five years, whatever it took, you know, you got a fifth year. Um, a lot of times because of the red shirt, red shirt. But yeah. but I thought a fund should have been created for these athletes, and money should have been invested in there. And by the time that each and every one of these players left school, graduated, or or completed their eligibility, they should have had the benefit of something like um, an investment package where you had funds paid into it, and it was theirs to do what they want when they left that school. They either can keep it, roll it into an investment tool, and keep money going, or they can cash it in, do what they needed to do. Now, how do you do that? I know there's a lot of ways all the way down to the university itself. But one of the ways is we all know how these teams make money at these bowl games. Some of these bowl games pay 14, 15 mil, 18 mil, 10 mil, 12 mil. But what happens a lot of people don't realize is say you've got the Pac-12. It is a Pac-12, right? No longer yeah, yeah, it's Pac-12. Okay. Well, so, yeah, it's changing, but yeah, Pac-12. <laughs> so, it's a good catch. <laughs> I know. So – if you got in that conference, four teams and maybe five that go to a bowl game, okay? You might even have six that go to a bowl game. Every one of those schools, they're going to go to a pretty good bowl game. They're going to make money. The conference receives a percentage, a great percentage of that money, and then the university keeps it. And then also, 
each and every university within that conference gets a little dividend off of that participation of that school. So even though you're trying to kick their butt during the season, you're thankful that they made it or as many teams made it in your conference, you can make a little change too as well. A lot of that money can go into these individual coffers for all your athletes as a dividend. You'll have the argument, Stacey, well, they're on scholarship and you're paying for their education and doing this. But what you don't realize when their eligibility is up, whether they have that degree or not, and we desire them to have their degree, but whether or not they have that or not, they are probably still not ready for the real world out there. Yeah. And even though they come out of college, you know, they got to go find a job. They got to get employed. Everybody doesn't make it to the NFL, the NBA, no. Major League Baseball, or Major League Soccer. Everybody doesn't make it. You got a small percentage that does that. But if you want to take care of your players and your community or university, that's what I thought they should have done. I, I tell you what, I think that we just got a very nice uh, platform for you as Pac-12 commissioner. Because <laughs> that, that guy is under a tremendous fire out here on the West Coast. People yeah, cannot yeah. stand him. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting concept. I agree, too. Again, the disparity between your superstar quarterback and the gunner on the mm. punt team yeah. and how that's being handled, I think, is worth a conversation but you're right if they can level the playing field Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting proposal number 88 i like that yeah uh and again if we just take off these guys that aren't isn't the superstar middle linebacker but he still plays outside linebacker if we take him away there's no football team yeah everybody's contributing to the product so really interesting concept do you how do you feel again never asked you this Live and on the air on Gridiron Icon. All of this centers a, a topic that I find fascinating. What do you think personally about the portal? Wow. You I know, mean, I know I, I don't want to send you on a tangent, but I think that as we start off 2023, it's a big issue now. These players, we have a couple studs here at University of Oregon now that went, eh, I'm done here. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. Um <sighs> You know, that's one I haven't grabbed yet. I haven't grasped it yet. Um, And the reason is, I don't know how to receive that. Yeah. I think it's great that kids have that ability that when they finish, you know, maybe even their eligibility or they got a fifth year, they can go. I I think it's great for a fifth year guy. You know, somebody that says, I'll play four years here. You know, I'm going to go try try my, my stuff somewhere else. But the real challenge to that is, you, Mr. Bauman, the head coach of Bauman University, and you've probably got one of the top 10 teams in the country, you're only going after a guy that's going to truly make a big difference, a Caleb Williams, okay? You're going to enhance your program. Will Preston Denard, who has a lower-level division team and who has a good program, will I have the ability to do that? I doubt it. So what's happening here? that I think I see, and that's why I don't have a good grasp on it yet. It's just like the SEC. And the SEC is entertaining this Big 12 schools and all of this and and people from all over the place. And I know what they're doing, and we all know what they're doing. It's steal the money. You build the biggest pie, everybody comes to eat it. And so if you got the biggest pie, you can cut your slices the way you want to. And so television contracts, the TV contracts, the radio contracts, the cable, uh, you, you, you got online, you've got all this different resources of media outlets that people are taking advantage of. And now these conferences have their own thing. I just think the portal has not proven to be a fair entity yet, but it's been a blessing to those who've been able to figure it out and take advantage of it. You can't be, no, if Lincoln, wasn't at SC, would Caleb go there? We don't know. Yeah. If yeah, you know, if if uh if there was no ability like DJ, you know, he wasn't he wasn't uh he didn't feel he was successful and he got you know sat on the bench because you know he wasn't a starter anymore. That attitude put him in the portal. Maybe he goes somewhere, maybe he doesn't, but our kids are vulnerable now because they're put into a, a place where I hope somebody takes me, I hope somebody gets me and if what if somebody doesn't and if one team finds out well wow you don't have anybody hey we'd love to have you well i'm not sure if i want to go to your school everybody's judging 
the makeup of that institution. And, you know, everybody's not going to get a Caleb Williams. Right. Okay? Right. But you probably will get a nice piece that will fit uh, uh, where you need to be. Now, if I need a defensive back that's a dual corner and safety, I need that kind of athlete in my group. He may not be available in the portal. What good is the portal? You right. know, so I, I do think it's a great thing for guys that have truly finished their undergraduate eligibility and have that fifth year. I think it's perfect for them. Give them a chance to go play. Do you yeah. need the portal? Yeah, it's an easy way to reach out to them. But, you know, in the old days, you didn't need it. You just reached right. out to a school and, you know, you you went there and did it. It's an easy thing for coaches today. Yeah, it's I'm feeling kind of like that that old guy get off my lawn guy here because it's the old school <laughs> thing is I want these kids to learn loyalty and they committed to this school and they're yeah. you know the other part of me is ah you know if they can better themselves and they can go to I I've always appreciated the junior college program mm-hmm. uh, we've had some of your friends and athletes on this show that started in a different way and yep. ended up getting into the NCAA by working through that program. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. Interesting take. We got a little bit of, we got a little bit of businessman Preston Denard tonight, which is a nice change. <laughs> a little bit. On little the bit. Show. Nice change. <laughs> well, Hey, as we close out our first show of 2023, I think it'd be great. Uh, I personally have enjoyed every second of meeting some of your peers and friends and other folks we've got on the show. As we look into 2023, can you tease us with any uh, <laughs> – we've got listeners eagerly chopping at the bit here. Ah, okay. Um, who who might we be lining up? I know that uh, we had some shifts and some changes through the holidays, yes. which we totally expected. Yeah. Who do you foresee uh, possibly – let's, let's <laughs> trust <laughs> – Putting pressure Stacey, on you. Do I dare let it out of the bag? Oh, <laughs> yes, because if no one else cares, I care. <laughs> okay. Well, and everyone cares. Trust me, I've had people ask. Autogram is coming back. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh. <laughs> Cleveland I Brown wish. fans, step oh, up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I got the list. I did update it, did oh. reach out. All we did was back up some some folks, but okay. um, we can enjoy the likes of some very interesting people. Um, we have a five-time Super Bowl champion, Oof. an original Packer, an original Oof. undefeated uh, Miami Dolphin that's going to join us. What? I don't want to say the names right now. Okay, I think okay, you, you'll be okay with me not doing I, that. I, the teaser okay. is we. I think you're showing your brilliance here. You're just giving us a little, a few crumbs <laughs> to bit? go. What? Okay. So yeah. that's one. And I, I can tell you this. Um, I'll give a little hint that I have people going rushing to the internet to see who this is. He played tight end. Okay, moving on. Ooh. Moving on. One Ooh. of our dear friends that we definitely want to get on is a former Ram defensive back that we tried to have on before, but not. And I'm going to say his name because oh. everybody is Pat Thomas. Oh, oh, my gosh. Love to have PT. So, so he's he's lined up. We we um, we um got an Olympian who turned NFLer that's going to join us. We've got uh, one of our favorite quarterbacks. Oh. I, won't say, I won't say the name. Oh, I think I know you're talking about. But he has I... an airlines that I flew on. So. Oh, oh, teaser. <laughs> that, that we used to call. <laughs> um, we got a big man, an, an ex Raider, who you'll recognize, all pro, outstanding, six seven, three hundred. I don't know how big he is now. Oh, but uh, and then we have uh, two or three Hall of Famers. One of the Hall of Famers, I had to give my jersey up somewhere, <laughs> and and um, he's. I'll let you. I'll let. I'll let him tell you the story, but um, everybody's really? going to love that. And then finally. Um, we're going to kick, oh, two things. We're going to have a little segment of former NFL cheerleaders. Oh, and I've got a Ram. Fun. I got a Cowboyette. I guess that's what? how you say it. A Ramette, Cowboyette, and a Carolina Pantherette. <laughs> you are holding out on me. This is oh, huge. Oh, hey, I'm telling you, I love this thing. And then last but not least, um, we're going to have um, – some representation from the World Football League, the USFL. Uh, we're covering all the bases. And then a couple of NFL, one still current, but NFL photographers who have the insight of the NFL game from being on the sidelines and on the field. Wow. I Listen, 
Perfect teaser. No names needed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen out there, I, I absolutely love, and you have done this. I want everyone to hear this. This man has gone out and brought the female influence and impact to the show, oh, yeah. which oh, yeah. I couldn't love more. I know at least one of those. <laughs> the others, I'm completely in the dark. This is going to be a great year, 2023, Gridiron Icon. Yeah. And I know that you and I have talked. I won't say much because it's still in development, but uh, through some of your friends' connections in the business world and whatnot, we may be taking this little thing on the road a little bit this Ooh. year. Some yeah, I don't want to let it. I don't want to let it out yet. Right. But I'm working okay. it. And man, if we can pull this off, Stacy, we will have a big cue. I mean, it'll, it'll be an accomplishment that we probably never even thought we could do. But I'm working it, my friend. I and know. If we do, we'll be at somebody's training camp. Oh, I oh. I can't even stand how excited I am for that. So, <laughs> how no, are we this, going to bring this set? I your set is is going to be very difficult to bring. I mean, I yeah, <laughs> I've got my favorites here, but yours is like real world. You're you're like rivaling uh, Pat McAfee show and Dan Patrick. <laughs> like I'm looking at that going, I can't compete. The funny thing is, for those who don't watch on our YouTube, just on the Spotify and Apple iTunes. This man has some of the coolest memorabilia. Please go back and watch our interview where we first became friends to partner <laughs> a gridiron icon. There's Dallas Cowboy stuff. There's Raider stuff. Oh, there's crazy yeah. stuff in that room. Yeah. So, yeah. oh yeah. Looking forward to a big year, my friend. I again want to sincerely thank you for the partnership on a fantastic podcast. Uh, just tonight, I had someone reach out and say the Robin Cole interview was. Oh, one of their favorites yeah. and they yeah. became a fan of Robbins oh, um, in the past. And so this is continuing to grow. We enjoy it. And I think in conclusion too, sending our love to yes. DeMar Hamlin, all those affected. And by the way, massive, massive kudos to the medical team. Yes. Yes. Massive kudos yes. Yes. for getting on that field and saving that young man. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, I don't think enough people have said, my God, the crew that got on that field and made that happen. Well, um, I'll, I'll add to that. And, Please. and certainly we can close. You saw the best at their best. Agree. It, you know, it, it, it couldn't have happened any better in a traumatic situation like that. So you saw the best at their best. They did what they were trained to do. They saved someone's life. Ugh. And uh, I tell you what, kudos to them, as you said, all the first responders, the paramedics, the doctors, the trainers, uh, even the staff that were there. Everybody attended them. And finally, I want to say this. If you truly don't understand the love of sport, Ugh. all you got to do is go back, look at that video and look at those players Ugh. on both teams. And I literally started crying. I when did too. About two quarterbacks to came together. Oh, wasn't because, that? Because, oh, yeah. What else would somebody want? Oh, it's what are remarkable. you doing? Don't touch them. Don't do that. But yeah. you found brotherhood yep. in a battlefield. And, you know, a lot of times we don't like to compare to certain scenarios, but it, it's, you know, it's very close to that feeling you have for. It doesn't matter what field you're in. If you're a fireman, firefighter, if you're a policeman, yeah. if you're in the military, if you are whatever it might be, you have a bond with people that you survive with, you work with, you practice with. Last point I'll make is this. You need to understand how much time is spent together with the coaches and the players every single day. And then you'll understand why the bonds are so strong. You'll even also understand why the bonds are even stronger after our careers. Wow. There's a great respect because we got people from all walks of life, from all other teams. That's the respect of the game. So, yes, kudos to all of them. Thank God for them being right wow. on top of this, helping that young man. Um, enough thank yous can't go out. Agree, man. And listen, again, pouring it on thick, but – Part of the thing I've really learned from you is in meeting you with your friends and the great guests we've had on this show is I've been stunned. I've told this to friends at the camaraderie yeah. that still exists among you guys. And I, it's everything that makes this game special. Mm -hmm. It's you never forget watching you at your age and someone I look yeah. up to and all your friends come and you look how close these guys still are. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. wild. And yeah. 
I, and my parting shot as we close this week is I've never been so impressed at the example of leadership that I saw between Sean McDermott yep. and Zach Taylor coming together yep. as the leaders of their men. And then the stories that came out about uh, Joe Burrow and the captains mm-hmm. of the Bengals going to the Bills locker room and going, yes, no more football tonight. Yeah. How is he? It's giving me goosebumps. It's oh, yeah. some of the most amazing stuff I've seen. And despite this terrible thing that we know it's going to turn out right, I'm going to speak it to the universe. Yep. We got to see something special about the game. We did. We sure uh, did. So thank, thank you, you, my friend. friend. No, thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. And and folks, stick with us. Follow us at Gridiron Icon. Yes. Um, big things coming. We are so excited. Some teasers tonight from Mr. Denard. We will see you in a week or so. And look at this. If you're watching on YouTube, what do we have? Is that a, is that a dessert? That is a wrapped up dessert, my friend. I wish you could take part in this because you know <laughs> what this too. is. I, <laughs> I may have to cut half of this and send it to you. Oh, you don't have to do that. But do you know what this is? You have I, a clue. I don't. Is this some something it's, a guest gave you? No. Oh. I have these produced every year for customers. Oh, this is a you. rum cake. Oh. It is the best rum cake in all of Earth. <laughs> oh, my God. And the lady that makes this, she's 84 years old. Oh, God bless her. She That's just amazing. made the last one. This is the last of the Mohicans right here. And my mm-hmm. friend, when we're done, a glass of wine and rum cake is going to be what dinner is tonight. I will be there in spirit. <laughs> You've got a tribe of young men and a beautiful wife to feed. That is awesome. Awesome. I was about to say, is that a Denard recipe or a Denard recipe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, nope. somebody else did it. I'm going to cut you loose to go do that. Folks, Thank you, thanks sir. a million for a great year for me and Preston. Follow us at Gridiron Icon, all the usual spots, our YouTube channel. We're even on TikTok, believe TikTok. it or not. That's going to grow. But we, we want to thank you for a great 2022. Here's to a great 2023. We will see you next week. Oh!